whoever's doing BGMC today, would you please step forward? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Somebody? Pastor Marcus, who's doing BGMC today, you know? She's here? Okay. She'll be here in a minute. She's going to do this. Okay, and then we're going to let her do hers. And then hey, before we, before we do this, um, I'd like to have Mildred and Tammy come up. Um, yeah, they lost, Mildred lost her grandson last night in Wilson. So that, that, that young couple that was killed last, yesterday in a car accident, um, and that would have been Michael Watley and Michaela Cantrell. And so I'd ask them, can we have a few ladies to come up as we pray for them? This is a tragic thing. They, they, they lost their life in Wilson yesterday. And so this is a very tragic thing. I'm going to put the mic down as we pray, if you don't mind. Just continue to pray for the family. And then we're gonna we have some prayer requests to hear in a little bit that we're gonna pray for. I'm gonna turn it over to Faith. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Come on. Well, it's BGMC. <laughs> All right now. <laughs> so the kids are gonna be learning um, about everything that BGMC has been doing to help our Native American Fellowship. Because here in the U.S., we do have a Native American Fellowship, and as many of y'all know, Ethan Childs is a um, campus pastor at the Indian College out in Arizona, um, and so he works with them, and, um, and I actually have a, a friend that I met in Costa Rica at language school, he wanted to learn Spanish because there's so many Spanish speakers there too. So even though he was Native American, he was wanting to reach out to all the Hispanics coming into the area. Um, but BGMC does a lot there with the Native American um, 
Bible colleges. We have three Native American colleges in the U.S. Um, and the um, Native American Fellowship um, establishes churches and ministries all over um, the country. But some of the ways that BGMC has blessed the Native American churches is supplying them with computers and printers and projectors and children's ministries, supplies, playground equipment. Of course, we help the Native American Bible colleges by building a library system and providing books and so forth. And so we just want to really thank you and thank the kids for giving to BGMC in order to help not only around the world, but here in the U.S. with the Native American Fellowship. And speaking of BGMC and supporting BGMC, tonight at the end of service, we're having an ice cream social. Um, it's not free ice cream. We're going to make you pay for it, but the money is for BGMC. And so to help support BGMC, we have um, ice cream, cones, as well as bowls and toppings if you want a sundae, and sherbet and regular ice cream. And then there'll be sugar-free ice cream for those of us who don't eat sugar. And so you can have your choice of whatever kind that you like. And so we really hope you come tonight and services at 6 o'clock with the Ice Cream Social right after. Wouldn't you rather your money go to BGMC than to go to Brahms or Sonic, right? All right. So let's pray over the offering and then we'll let y'all come. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to serve you, Lord, here in this place as well as to be your hands and feet around the world by giving into BGMC and giving into the missions offering after a while when it's taken, Lord, that your work, that your kingdom would be spread all over this earth, Lord, that people who don't know you would come to know you and that we can help even in places that we don't go, we can help by sending others and by providing the supplies that are needed in order to share your gospel around this world. So, Lord, bless this offering today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all go ahead and come. sound and act really excited and I'm glad they are. <laughs> okay, I have several announcements today so this may be uh, a little bit longer but I want to get them all in for you. Um, Kickoff for our kids, uh, we're going to start having a kids uh, program again and it's going to be August 30th, it's going to be Sunday at 10.30 and then Wednesday at 7. That's what we used to call Children's Church or whatever, Mission Nets and Royal Rangers, we're going to combine it all together for a while and get it 
back up and going and growing. That's the secret, growing, okay? Uh, for the youth, every Wednesday night, the door's open and food is served. We've been getting there at 6. This says 5.30. I don't know if that's a change or not. But uh, that's Wednesday at 7 when they all show up to eat or whatever. And we want to continue to do that. September 16th at 8.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall, men's breakfast. Last time y'all not only missed men's breakfast, y'all missed some of the best shotgun shooters in the country. <laughs> we, we, well, we have one guy that he just barely did hit the dirt with a shotgun shell. I mean, you shoot it out there, and if you can't hit the dirt, you can't hit nothing. So, But anyhow, we won't go into that. <laughs> September 2nd at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall. That is our regular Bible study meeting. Uh, so we're having eight or ten guys come to that. And right now we're in Matthew, we're in, in uh, Luke and John right now. So just come for that. And hopefully you'll have an opinion on what we do. And maybe you can hear our opinions and look like some of what we're doing. Okay. We're taking candy for the uh, trunk or treat deal. And I'll just, that's Tuesday, October 31st, 5 to 7. If you want to volunteer for anything, there's some sign-up sheets out in the foyer, and there's a table out there for candy. Somebody asked me if I was guarding the candy. I'm going to tell you, candy is not safe with me guarding it. So you're going to have to find somebody else to do that. But I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to kind of watch it. <laughs> All right. Um, heart to Heart, September 19th at 6. Um, Leanne Hart will be singing, and a special guest speaker will be Hedy Lou Brooks. Can I say anything? Thank you. Anyway, uh, September the 19th, Hedy Lou Brooks from Book Hill Ranch will be uh, coming and speaking for us. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of her, but she travels the world. She just got back from Belize. She travels the world and speaks and preaches. She has women's seminars that are attended by thousands every year. And she's coming to here <laughs> for us, for our ladies and the, the women in this community, in this area. So I, I, I appreciate all the women in our church that are supporting this. We're excited about it. I expect us to have a large crowd. We may even have to move into the auditorium. I've heard from probably 10 different congregations this week that are bringing women to hear her. So uh, we're excited about that. She is, she is an incredible teacher. And um, I, well, I'm excited. And so uh, I want to encourage you to be here, encourage your friends to come. If you know someone that needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit, she does teaching on that that uh, is, is wonderful. So I'm excited. I want you all to be excited. You will be once you hear her. And just invite people. We want to have a good showing. September the 19th. Also, this meeting, we're, we're not even going to try to have food except for some desserts. So I'll be getting with the ladies uh, later on and talking to you about that. Thank you. Okay, we still have more announcements. I know you're all crazy about that. Okay, September the 3rd, we're having a Labor Day cookout at 6. 
depending on how hot it is, where we're going to have it. We may have it in a fellowship hall, maybe in the youth room, but if it's really, really hot, we are not going to have it under the under the pavilion because um, with the metal roof over it, it's kind of like putting you in an oven when it's 90 degrees, so we don't want to really do that, but we want you to come, and we'll make it cool wherever we are. Wednesday night, September 6th, we need a teacher for Wednesday night for kids. Anybody wants to volunteer for that? I actually see Pastor Marcus because I don't really know much about it, but you can talk to him. Okay. I forget that. Scratch that. We might need another person. Okay, we need two people. Shauna's going to do one, and we need somebody else. You need to talk to Pastor Marcus on that. And while we're talking about kids, I will remind everybody that we are taking applications for background checks to be working with the kids. I don't know if there's a deadline for that. I mean, if six months from now you want to work with the kids, you can turn one in six months from now and we'll get it done. But we need to get as many done now as we can so we can be prepared for the kids when they start coming in. And we're going to be doing some different... uh, They told me I can't say security because I'm not certified security, but I can say safety. So we're going to be doing some more safety things around the church for the kids and for the people here. And uh, But part of it is the background check. So you guys that want to get involved in it, do fill out that background check and let's get it done. Um, September 17th, we have a missionary coming, Chris Hale. Uh, he's from Liverpool, England. And if nothing else, that'll be an experience to listen to an English guy talk because they talk a little bit different. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Well, may, may, maybe not quite like I thought, but he is American. But but English people are, they speak different and they're fun. All right. Hey, hey wait, I'm a Texan. He, he ain't going to sound just like me, but he'll be, he'll be close. Okay. All right. Uh, September 23rd, we're having safety training. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Want to tell them? You want me to tell them? I'm going to take over here for just a second on that safety meeting, listen, safety is for all of us. So if, even if you don't want to be on the safety team, it, if you want to come to that, you're welcome to come to that. Just sign up so that we can get a, a certain amount because we're going to order pizza that day for lunch uh, from the pizza place. Papa Pizzeria, I really like their pizza. Anybody else like their pizza? Yeah, they're – so, but we're going to order – yeah, everybody likes free pizza. But we're going to have pizza that day. But you're welcome. Anybody's welcome to come to that. I mean, because we're living in a time right now where we need to be vigilant of what's going on around us. I mean, look what just happened. at the, And we're going to pray about that this morning, about the football game last night at Choctaw. Anybody know about that? So, you know, there was a gun, gun shooting at the football game, and one, one person was killed from Dell City. So we, we, need to, we need to be vigilant on what's going on around us. And so, again, that's why I interrupted this Texas man. I thought you were an Okie. <laughs> hey, if I'd known you were going to talk like that, I wouldn't have voted for you. <laughs> I, I know how to have a good time, right? You do too. Okay. All right. Uh, but what he's saying is if you have a gun, and you want to carry it, or you want to know a little bit more about how to use it, come and find out. It's never too safe with firearms. And we would love for anybody that wants to sign up to come and do that. And now, this is an announcement that I really hadn't spoken with Gary a whole lot about, but we've talked about it some. 
And this is for the ladies, not the guys. When it cools off, we are going to invite the ladies to come eat breakfast with us and go out and shoot pistols. Now, there's, there's a lot of them that's been wanting to do that. Um, the, the only... Huh? The, the, listen, the, the only guys that are going to be invited are going to be invited to help chaperone the ladies and help them keep their firearms straight uh, for uh, safety, and the guys are not going to shoot. I'm going to tell you, we're not going to shoot, okay? It's not like we're going to go out there and have a small war, men and women. <laughs> we're, going to, we're, we're going to be there to help. And we want, them to, we want them to be able to be comfortable with loading their pistol, shooting their pistol, and, and how to handle a pistol. And they're going to get some of that in the safety training, too. And so if you want to go to our shoot, come to the safety, safety training, too. It'll, it'll all help you. And it, it's all, I mean, it's all in fun. But it's all serious, too, because like you said, there was a guy shot and killed at a football game last night. Uh, that could have happened at Lone Grove. But no, we didn't have a ball game, but it could have, it could happen here anywhere. So just keep that in mind. Uh, do you want to do something before we take offering? Okay. I'll make this quick. I know we've been through a lot this morning, but real quick, I'd like to have Tammy uh, Spragans come forward. And she is a new member of Lone Grove Assembly of God. So can we give her a round of applause? Here's a membership certificate for you. Right. Congratulations. I am so overjoyed. I've been waiting almost a year since pastor, the other pastor left. I've been waiting for a year, and I'm being like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I can't do anything. I got to wait. So now I can do stuff. I'm happy. Okay, a couple other things. Uh, so Stacy, my wife, has surgery on uh, Friday, but on Thursday before that happens, I'm going to be going down to Texas, down to Waxahachie, to Sagu, to uh, set up a recruiting table they, for a youth pastor. So, and I also have an interview with a potential uh, youth pastor. So just keep us in prayer on that. And then that Friday, Stacy has surgery. So next week, I will be doing a lot of things from home. If you need me, you can call the house. You can call the church. Christy will get a hold of me. Whatever you need to do, and I will be there for you. If you and here's another thing. If you're in the hospital and you need me to come visit you, I will come visit you. Just give me a ring. Give me a text, whatever it is, on our remind. A couple of things. We have some prayer requests real quick before we get started here this morning. Also, uh, I want to start communion. The first, this was brought to my attention this morning. I've been praying and thinking about it, and it just was a reminder. I'd like to do communion once a month at the beginning of this, the first Sunday of every month. How many of you guys would be interested in doing that? Yeah. That was a, can we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, if you want to clap for her, that go for it. <laughs> God, I feel like I'm going to show and tell today. 
couple other things. We got a water baptism sign-up sheet. We've got three people signed up to get water baptized. I haven't set a date yet. I want to get a few people on there first. Um, I'm looking at probably the beginning of October, and we're gonna we have a baptismal back here uh, to baptize people. So if you're interested in getting water baptized and you've never been water baptized, or maybe you've just given your life back to the Lord and you want to get water baptized, uh, please fill out the the form out there in the foyer. Put your name down, and I'm looking at at the again at the beginning of October of doing that. So we have a few prayer requests real quick, and then we're going to stand up and get, uh, uh, do our communion. So uh, if you'd please bow your head as we go to the Lord prayer. I want to pray for Tammy's sister, Dana, uh, who has MS. Father, we pray for Tammy's sister, Dana, who has MS. Pray for healing in her body. And again, continued prayer for that family, Mildred and Tammy and the whole family that lost this young man and the family of the young lady. In Jesus' name, just wrap your arms around them, love on them, help them through this very trying time. Father, we pray for uh, Rebecca's brother, Ronnie, who's taken a turn for the worse. We pray, Father, you've already touched him once. You can touch him again. There's no distance in the spirit. You're the same God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change. You're the God of power and healing. So we pray healing over his body. Father, we pray for uh, Dale uh, uh, Carmoni in the hospital. Uh, and I pray, Father, you would touch him right now in Wilson. That, Lord, you what seems impossible with man is not impossible with you. And then, Father, any other prayer requests that we might have missed this morning, we pray that you'd lift them up, all those on the prayer list. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. That, Lord, you have a bowl in heaven with the incense of the prayers of the saints from the past, present, and future. And you're the God that answers prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You getting tired of looking at me? All right. We're going to do the offering now. Guys, come on. I have no more announcements. All I want now is to be paid for what I did. <laughs> hey, like I said, I know how to have a good time. Uh, Brother Ron, would you mind opening uh, Santa Prairie we're offering today? Amen. Okay, everybody stand up and we're going to start singing. We've been summoned by the King, and our hand 
Grace over all I'm 
Jesus. 
Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. 
Father God, we just honor you. We praise you. Lord, we're reminded in the scripture that you do not lie. Lord, that your promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That, Father, what you say you will do. So, Father, we choose this morning to believe your word over the enemy's lies. That, Lord, there is nothing impossible with you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And, Lord, I pray that whoever that was for this morning that needed to hear that will be reminded that you are on their side, that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that you are leading them through, although it may be dark, although it may be tough. Lord, as David said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you are with me. I will fear no evil. Thank you, Lord, that you are with them today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. enough you guys can hear me right all right first Kings chapter 19 first Kings chapter 19 verse 1 now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say may God may the gods deal with me be it so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid. I want you to remember that. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than any ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. 
There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to the death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood on the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to the death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, or Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Maholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Hazel, and Elisha will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, you've laid this on my heart the last three days, and the worship songs went along with this. The prophetic word went along with this. Holy Spirit, you have your way in this service this morning. I pray for whoever needs to hear this, that you will remind them that you are with them. Show them through your word, Lord. Open up the eyes of their understanding so that they know that they are not alone. God, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, by the anointing of your Spirit, not by uh, words that are impressive or, or by the skills of man, but by the demonstration of the Spirit's power that people's hearts will be changed this morning. That includes all of us. Father, as your vessel, I yield to the Holy Spirit. You say what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. In the chapter before this, if anybody knows this scripture, how many of you guys know this scripture before this? Where there was 400 prophets of Baal and King Ahab, one of the worst kings of Israel's history, who was led astray by his wife Jezebel. That's why sometimes you hear about a Jezebel spear, right? was led astray to, to worship the God of Baal and to set up Asherah poles up on the hills. And, and God speaks to Elijah. Remember, God spoke to him about uh, causing it not to rain for three and a half years. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then God said, later on, he said, it's going to rain, go tell King Ahab. And it, and it rained. All he had to see was a cloud the size of a fist. And this was a man that God used. And here he is before the prophets of Baal, the chapter before. They, they had prayed all day to their God and he didn't answer that breaks the question who are you asking to help you and they were there all day and Elijah took jugs of water and poured it over the altar till it was overflowing and called on God and God came down in a mighty way and consumed the altar and everything there they put the prophets to death and Elijah after God did that through him thought there was going to be a national revival and it didn't happen. In verse 1, it says, Now 
Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Elijah was doing what God asked him to do. Maybe God's asking you to do something or you are doing something and you're going through a trial. Do you know why you're going through a trial? Because you're a target to the enemy. If you're born again this morning, you have a target on your back. I think I've shared with you before, but one of my favorite far side, anybody know what far side is, the comic strip, is the one where the deer has the birthmark of a bullseye in his stomach. And the guy says, that's a heck of a birthmark you got there. I can't remember his name. And it says deer season open in, behind him. You got a target on your back. When you serve Jesus Christ and you know him and you love him, you are a target for the enemy. If he can't get you, he will get your family. He will go after other people. He will go after your business. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So, verse 2, so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. She threatened his life. Verse 3, look what it says, Elijah was what? afraid and ran for his life. Usually when God does something mighty in your life and you're at the pinnacle, we always tell kids that when they go to youth camp, God does something mighty in your life. Right when you come back is usually when you hit rock bottom. You get on those highs and then you get on those lows. Elijah just done something great for the Lord. God worked through him, did a mighty work. I mean, how many of us have ever seen fire come down from heaven and consume an altar? How many of us have prayed for three and a half years that it wouldn't rain? I'm praying that it rains. I prayed yesterday that it would rain and it went around us. I was like, yes, it smells like rain. And it was like, oh, well, thunderstorm states, we're going to get rain. And the wind was blowing and I find out Merle and them got the rain and not us. James says that Elijah was a man just like one of us. In fact, hold your spot here. Go with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. In fact, I want to start in verse 13. <clears throat> James chapter 5, verse 13. I love to hear the sound of Bibles turning. Is any one of you in trouble? He should do what? Pray. Are you in trouble this morning? Pray. And we're going to look at Elijah. He did that very thing. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Verse 17, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. James speaks about prayer. And he talks about prayer. And then he uses Elijah. We're reading about Elijah. And something we have to understand is I like, a lot of times we get this idea that these men of the Bible were better than us. 
The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. That means I'm no greater than you, you're no greater than me. God sees us all on the same level. We're all made in the image of God. Do you know he reigns on the just and the unjust? If you're not saved here this morning, God's reigning, his, reigning on you this morning. And this will be a great opportunity for you to come to Christ. Elijah was a man just like you and I. Yet he prayed and God answered his prayer. Let's go back to 2 Kings, or 1 Kings, I'm sorry, 1 Kings 19. I want you to see that Elijah was a man. He was human. He had emotions. He got scared. He was at the, at the pinnacle and now he's at the bottom because his hopes have been dashed. Have your hopes ever been dashed before? You wanted something, but it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. You'd prayed for something, but God didn't answer the way that you wanted him to answer it. Or maybe the prayer didn't come at all. And you know, there are those prayers that sometimes it's good that they're not answered. So it says Elijah, verse 3, was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under and prayed that he might what? Die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my, any of my ancestors. He got to a point of despair. He got to a point of his lowest, lowest, that he wanted to die. And in fact, he became suicidal. He was discouraged. He was downtrodden. If Elijah was a man that did mighty works in God, he could still get discouraged. You and I can still get discouraged. We're not immune to the troubles of this life and the problems that it has. And that's how he felt. we got to remember this when we're reading the passage that he is a real man. He was disappointed, discouraged because things weren't turning out the way that he wanted them to. How many of us get discouraged with God because it's not turning out the way that we thought it should? And then we get angry with God and we get in despair. But look at this. I love how the way the Lord works. God is gracious. He's loving and tender-hearted. He's slow to anger and abounding in love was what the scripture says. Verse 5, then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. You know, when you get, into, get depressed and you have a pity party, what do you like to do? You either eat or sleep. I, I'm an emotional eater. You know, your animals are just like you. My cat Phoebe's just like me. I'm not kidding. When we move here, that's all she wants to do is eat. She's emotional. And they say their animals take after their owners. Well, guess what? When I have a busy issue or, or tough life or things aren't going the way that I plan, I start to eat. And that's a good time to turn on a good Western. Some people sleep. That's what he does. Then look what it says. He lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. God sustained him. When we're going through difficult times, know this, that God loves you. He loves me. He's looking out for your best interest. He is your provider. He's your provision. He will sustain you and give you the strength that you need. 
He did Elijah. And you may say, but he was bigger than me, God. No, again, he's not a respecter of persons. If you're born again, you're co-heirs with Christ. You're seated with him in the heavenly realms, is what the scripture says. That's Romans chapter 8. Then look with verse 6. He looks around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Sometimes we need a little bit extra nudge from the Lord, right? He gives us a little bit of comfort, and it lasts a few days, and boom, the enemy comes back in. I want to let you know this morning, it's okay to get discouraged sometimes. We often have this thing of putting on masks when we get to church, don't we? We might have an argument with our spouse or our kids, and then we come in, hi, how's everything going? I try to be honest, like this morning, somebody, how are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing okay, but I'm really tired this morning. Last Sunday when I was taking up, uh, doing the announcements, I had a really bad headache. Anybody have one of those allergy headaches and it's hard to concentrate and, and get your thoughts together? But I thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit because it all of a sudden it went away. I didn't grow up around cattle or, or horses, but when we pastored out in Wyoming, I got to do some branding one day. And I have bad knees. I have bone against bone from wrestling in high school and sports. And I went out there. And I didn't mind grabbing onto the back of the cattle. There's a point to the story. I didn't mind grabbing onto the back of the cattle. But when I had to put my knee down on the edge of the cattle, my knee would hurt. And one of my board members who was in this 70s didn't know I had knee problems. He goes, you just need to cowboy up. And here's a, a lady over there grabbing a cow by herself about my size. Whoa, she just flipped that thing down and I'm barely able to get it down on the floor. And The next day I came into church and God is again gracious. What's the point of the story? I could barely walk up the steps to preach. But as I began to preach, the pain went away. I had bruises on my knees. They disappeared. I had black and blue she, my wife remembers this. My knee was swollen. You could see it through the pants. And as I began to preach, it went away. God will sustain you. He will get you through. He is your provider. He is all provision. He loves you with an everlasting love. Let me tell you how much he loves you. That's for those even listening online. I got to remember that. There's people listening online. God loves you. So God sustain him. What's our food when we're going through difficult times? Right here. God will give you your spiritual food. Now, I'm not against Christian books. There's some good stuff that we can learn from it. But if you're reading Christian books, then you are the book, then you've got a problem. Because all of your problems are right here in this book. God has every answer that you need. And the Holy Spirit will work with the Word to talk to you. And most of the time, He does it through the preaching of the Word. I've been in a lot of situations in my life where I've been, I needed questions and jumped into the car and turned on the radio and there was a message that I needed to hear. At one time, when I was being credentialed here in the Oklahoma District to get my license, my dad didn't go to church as a kid. My dad didn't serve the Lord, but my mom did. And he thought being a pastor was a, a waste of time. 
And it took me everything for him to just come to my license ceremony. And I remember us getting into an argument. It's the first time I stood up for myself. We were at Home Depot, and I, I finally said, you like airplanes, but this is what God's called me to do. What I was looking for is God's blessing. What, and I'm going to explain what I mean by this. The next morning, I got into the dump truck I was driving, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to listen to Pastor, Pastor Joel from uh, uh, Open Bible Fellowship Church. So I turned it on the radio, and he happened to talk about, you don't need your earthly father's blessing. You got your heavenly father's blessing. The whole point of that story is God will give you what you need through his word. He will speak to you. That's how God speaks. He speaks through the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. Do you ever get that prompting? Don't do this. Stay away from this area. I, I had an inner prompting yesterday. Don't go ride your bike because it was a little late in the morning. You know, when you ride about 7 o'clock, it's only in the 80s. So you get around 10 o'clock, it gets off. Both my kids, I wasn't listening to what God was saying. I felt uneasy about it, but I did it anyways. It was like God was speaking to my girls. And he speaks to them, and they go, Dad, I don't think you should go out riding your bike. And they're in the pool. And Annabelle goes, I'm not letting you, Dad. Well, I went out and rode my bike, and I got overheated yesterday. Well, it opened up an opportunity to witness because one of the guys with the hot rods that were over there, I stopped and said, hey, you have a water? He goes, yeah, sure. So we talked. I asked, do you go to church? Do you know Jesus? Here he's offering me water. I'm offering the life of water, I, you know, Jesus, living water. But going on, look at this. So God provides for him, verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for your journey is too much for you. So he got up, ate, and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now another name for Horeb, the mountain of God, is Mount Sinai. Now I've asked some of you to look it up. Go look it up. Write this down in your notes. Mountain of Fire by Bob Cornuke on YouTube. It's in Saudi Arabia, and you can find it today. Remember I mentioned it last week. It's black on top. And you, you take that rock and you break it in half, it's granite, and it's not volcanic. And the cave that Elijah was in is across the valley on this other mountain. And at the bottom of the mountain are chutes where they brought the cattle. They have found ash there. They have found the 12 pillars of stone. They found piles of stone where God said, this is the marker. This is as far as the people can go before they get up to the mountain. So if you question the validity of the Bible, go look that up. And then they have the rock where they inscribed cows on there where they put the golden calf. They recently found the furnaces where they made the molds. And they found the molds in the rock. And they found a mold where they had shaped the wings of the seraphim that sat on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. There is a three-story rock that's split in two that's pressure flaked from water coming up and filled a lake, and they could tell where water had run down. So it's Mountain of Fire, Bob Cornoke. You can go look it up. It's a little older, but it's good. The first thing Elijah did when he got into trouble he was running for his life, but the second thing he did is he ran to God. He went to the mountain of God. He went to the place where God was going to be. When you're in trouble, who do you run to? Where do you go? Who's the first person you talk to? That should be for all of us. But most of the time, I'll admit from my own life, usually when I'm in trouble, the first thing I want to do is either tell my spouse call some prayer warriors to pray. Well, there's nothing wrong with all that. 
But the first person we should go to is God. Remember, God sustained him. God will sustain you. But you need to go to God. Elijah knew that that's where God was. This is the same place where Moses, God pushed Moses into the cleft of the rock in Exodus 33 and said that my glory is going to pass by. So verse 9, there he went into a cave and spent the night. Then the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I like that. God asks questions. Even Jesus would ask questions. I loved it when he would fight with the Pharisees, you know, not fight. I mean, he wouldn't physically, spiritually speaking. The Pharisees would ask him a question. He'd always counter with a question. When, and when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, God asked a question. Where are you? So God's asking you a question. How are you doing today? What do you need help with? Are you bringing your problems to me? Those are good questions. See, we have a problem. It's called pride. We want to fix our own problems. That's the human that's how we are. We're human, right? We want to fix it. We want to make it all right. But when we do that, a lot of times we mess things up. Do you ever try to fix a, 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 a dispute between family members? What happens? A lot of times it gets turned on you, right? We want to be the Mr. and Mrs. Fix-It. And God asks a question, what are you doing here, Elijah? Look what his response is. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. Notice the sadness there. I've done what you've asked me to do, God, but they're still not listening. They've broken down your altars and put your prophets to the death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. That's the first thing Satan likes to do. He wants you, to make, wants you to think that you're the only one going through this. It's a lie of the enemy. There's always somebody going through some of the same situations you are. You're not the only one. I've used this example before, this illustration, but I, I like to watch nature shows. Anybody watch nature shows? It's my, one of my favorite animals is the lion. Oh, it's so cool when they jump onto a back of a water buffalo. I just scared you. My pastor likes that stuff. But what do animals do? What do lions do or lionists? You know, they work in a pride. They will look for the weakest one. And they will get that one away from the group all by itself. And then they will pounce on it. Elijah was by himself. He got by himself. Thankfully, the Lord was there to speak to him. The worst thing that we can do when we're going through a problem is be by ourselves. Go to God and surround yourself with other brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why I think in Hebrews... It says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. We need fellowship. We can't do this alone. We need each other. 
even that person in church that drives you nuts, you need. You know, we all have different personalities. Not all of us are talkers. Some of us are quiet, and that's okay. That's who God made you to be. It's okay to be who you are. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. So Elijah thought he was the only one going through his problem. Maybe you think you're the only one going through your problem. Verse 11, then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. God gives him instructions. When you're listening to God and you're praying to God, wait for those instructions. God will tell you what to do. Sometimes it takes two or three days before he'll tell you. So what do you do? You wait on that answer. You wait for God to tell you. Don't get in a hurry. Then he says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. You know, a lot of times, here's Elijah. A lot of times we think God's going to show up in a certain way. And here's Elijah. Remember just before this, how did God show up? He, he consumed the altar with fire. He showed up in a miraculous way, in an amazing and awesome way. What God was trying to teach Elijah is that God doesn't always work the same way. He doesn't always speak the same way to us. Sometimes I think we think we need to have a, a really big push and move of God and praise God, I love those things. But God can speak to you in five minutes as much as he can in 30 minutes. He can speak to you when you're in your car as much as he can when you're at the altar. God can speak to you when you're in the store or when you're at home crying in your room when nobody's looking. God doesn't always speak to us the same way. Look at verse 12. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? A gentle whisper. So here's three big things that happened. The wind, the earthquake, and the fire. But God wasn't in it. And that's where you and I as believers, we need to know God's voice. The Bible says that his sheep know his voice. In fact, hold your spot here and go with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus is speaking of himself. He says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. What he's saying is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the gate. There's no other way to get saved. There's no other way to get into the kingdom. You have to surrender, repent of your sins, turn from your sins, surrender your life to him, believe in who he is, and you will be saved. He is the only way. Going to church, you've heard me say this every morning, going to church your whole life is not going to save you. Your mama and daddy's faith is not going to save you. It's got to be your own faith in him. Verse 2, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to what? Everybody say his voice. 
Oh, that wasn't very good. Let's do it again. Say, his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. If you're born again this morning, you've surrendered your life to Jesus. He says you know his voice. I'm going to, if it's okay with Brown, I wanted to mention my daughter about her knowing his voice. Just recently God was speaking to her. There's been several times that God has spoken to her. She'll pray about something and then the next day she hears it. Or when she goes to, to, to the youth group, they would talk about it. She's shaking her head yes. Not to embarrass my daughter, but listen, if you know him, you know his voice and he will speak that way. He will talk to you. Look at this, verse 4. When he has brought out all the sheep, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. If you're born again in this morning and you're getting thoughts in your head, thoughts that are not godly, that are not according to the word of God, that's a stranger's voice, and that stranger's voice is the enemy, stop listening to that voice and start listening to the voice of the Lord. Verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7, therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Hallelujah. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's this stranger's voice. But Jesus has come to give us life and of life and abundantly. In fact, when you get saved, he says he'll give you living waters bubbling up to eternal life. How many of you guys have a spring inside of you? We used to have natural springs out in Washington everywhere. And you go up and you can, some of them don't even bubble, some of them flow. Do you want to be a bubbling spring or a flowing spring? We had one in behind our church out back there, and we had to get a pipe just because of the water that ran through it all the time. What's the point of this? If you know the shepherd, you know his voice. And Elijah listened to that. He knew that God wasn't in the earthquake. He knew that he wasn't in the wind. He knew that he wasn't in the fire. Satan will throw things your way. He'll make things to look like they're from God. You need to be discerning of that. You need to ask God for discernment. You need to ask the Lord to help you to know his voice. Go with me to John 15. You may say, well, pastor, how do we get to know God's voice? Well, one, of course, you need to be saved. But number two, you can get to know his voice more clearly. John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain, another word is abide. In the Greek, it means to continue in. Continue in me, and I will continue in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You must remain in the vine or continue in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into fire and are burned. What he's saying there is how we get to know God's voice, how we get to know Jesus more is by abiding in him, fellowship, relationship, continuing in him. You want to be like Elijah? Will you know that still small voice? Will you hear, hear those inner promptings? Spend time in his presence. You know, when I go to Walmart, I can hear my kids all the way across the store. I know my kids' voice. Can I tell you something? God knows your voice. And they know my voice. You know, we give, everybody has a distinct voice, don't they? We all have a distinct voice. Nobody could copy our voice. Jesus has a distinct voice. And you need to get familiarized with that voice. You're making a decision for your life. Have you asked the Lord about it? Might be a life-changing decision. Let's go back here real quick. So God speaks to him, 1 Kings 19, in a still small voice, verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I love that God speaks in a gentle whisper. You know the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. You need to listen for that gentle whisper, those little nudgings. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Again, God asks him the question. Maybe God's asking you that question. What am I doing in this church this morning? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And the very reason you might be in this church this morning is because God is saying, I want a relationship with you. Or maybe you do have one, but God is saying, because I want you here to hear this message this morning. Verse 14, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. So he complains to God about the same thing. Can I tell you something here? Did God get angry with him? Did he complain to him? No, he didn't get mad at him. Sometimes we complain to God over and over again, and God just nudgingly reminds us that he loves us, Verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint, and I'm not good with these names, so please forgive me, it's a Hebrew name, Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mehaloah, to succeed you as prophet. So now he goes and he gets into the presence of Almighty God, and now God gives him instructions. When you get alone with God, it's your prayer room. It's your prayer time. You should have a prayer time with the Lord. Get alone with him, and he will speak to you, and he will give you instructions. You have a problem going on in your life? Ask God, God, I need help in this. Show me what to do. Guess what? God will tell you. He will show you. God, I need deliverance out of here. God will deliver you, and he'll deliver you his way. Sometimes he uses people. Then look at this. Verse 18. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, 
all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and all whose mouths have not kissed him. I like this. God does answer him finally. He says, by the way, Elijah, you're not the only one going through this. There's 7,000 that are still faithful. Can I tell you this morning, there are still godly, faithful people in this country. We're still praying for it, but we're not the only ones going through this. I want to remind you that you are not alone. God is with you. He will give you direction. He will give you answers. The only thing that you and I have to do is we need to get alone with Him. Jesus oftentimes went up on a mountainside to pray, to get away from the crowds. Are you getting alone with God to pray? Maybe it's been a while since you've prayed to the Lord. That's okay. You can pray again and pick back up where you left off. And God will hear your prayers. God loves you. He knows your situation. I don't know your situation because we all have situations, right? Sometimes we have situations, sometimes we don't. Boy, I was praying yesterday when I was riding my bike. It's hot when you're riding a bike. And I got to where I couldn't even ride up the hill and I had to stop and I just said, Lord, I need some water. And my neighbor went by me and I'm waving her down and I think she thought I was just waving. I'm like, oh no. And I'm under a shade. Every, I'd ride a little bit and get up underneath the shady tree. And you know what kept running through my mind? My kid's going, Dad, you should have went out and ride. I'm gonna get, and then I'm going to hear it when I get home. And I did. And then I got up to that house, and I, there were two guys working. I said, hey, man, can I bug you for something? I'm really hot, and I don't, I'm really thirsty. I drink all my water. Can I have a, some water? Sure. God used those two men to give me some water. They even gave me some Gatorade. God is your provision. I want to share one last thing. I shared this when we candidated here, but I want to share it again because we've had several instances like this in our life, but it's one of my favorites. When you're a parent and you got hungry babies at home and you use up all your money to buy diapers and formula and you have no money for food and you have a can of beans in your cabinet and you had, we had a few beans, we had some, I don't like lentils, but I would have ate them if I had to. The only time beans were good is with ham hock and beans, but <laughs> some people don't like that. But we were, we were on our way. We had spent all of our money to go grocery shopping. We had to travel an hour to get groceries. And we're halfway home. How many of you guys remember some of this? You might remember this story. But we were on our halfway home. We were between Sundance and Upton. And I looked at Stacy and I said, what are we going to do? We have no food. We have no food for the month. And I turned to her, and she turned, and we both said, God will provide. She remembers that. We didn't fret about it. We just said, God will provide. We got into town. I had a P.O. box number. The post office was right next door to the bank. The bank closed within an hour. I opened up my P.O. box, and in there was a letter from the Wyoming Assemblies of God. I opened it up. I looked at it and it was a check for $500 and it said gift. And I remember going to Stacy, look at this. You don't understand. When you have no food and you have crying babies, some of you might understand that. The parent part of you kicks in and all you're thinking about is feeding your babies. 
and we had $500. And I even called the district. Is this true? Because I don't want to spend this money unless I really know it's from you. I called our district treasurer. No, no, no. We had an extra amount of money in our 2% fund, and we just wanted to bless everybody. That day that we needed it, that money came in. We went and deposit, went to, the bank, went to the bank, and then we went over to Gillette, to the Walmart there, and bought groceries that night. Same thing for out here. I couldn't figure out why my taxes weren't coming through. Well, I, I called, and I, I got a hold of it. I got a letter in the mail from the IRS that said, well, uh, because of the COVID, you're one of those few that were choosing to, to, to look over your taxes. So I finally got a hold of a tax advocate in Longview, and she told me the same thing. And Stacy kept telling me, I think we're going to get it just when we move. I was the one fretting about it. You know what? We got it right when we were getting ready to move that week. Why am I saying all this this morning? Why did I preach on this? Because God wants to share that with somebody here this morning. Though no matter what you're going through, he will see you through. And if you don't know Jesus, you're doing it alone. I don't know how you can get through life without help from God because he has helped us so many times with every head bowed and every eye closed and even those that are listening online. Are you saved this morning? Are you born again? Going to church won't save you. Knowing about Jesus won't save you. Even just, and let me say this, even just saying a sinner's prayer without meaning it in your heart and turning from your sin doesn't save you. What saves you is turning your life over to Jesus, surrendering to his lordship, and believing that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, and committing your whole life to him, that's salvation. If you don't give your life to Jesus, there's going to come a day. You may think, well, I've got plenty of time to do it. You don't know what, what will happen tomorrow. We're not guaranteed even today. So why take a chance? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I'm not saved, or I'm not sure I'm saved, but I want to be sure. And you want to go to heaven when you die, and you want to do that this morning. Would you raise your hand? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else here this morning? If you raised your hand this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. The Bible says if you deny Christ before men, he will deny you before the Father in heaven. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and come down here to the altar. You raised your hand. If you raised your hand, come on down. Anybody else here this morning?
off my mic again. I just, I'm not good with this. You're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed. I'm sad right now. I'm going through some difficult times. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And I needed to know that God loves me and he's going to get me through this. As Dennis begins to play, I'm going to ask you to come up so that I can pray for you this morning. If that's you, would you just begin to make your way to the altar? I would love to pray with you and anoint you with oil this morning and lift you up. Just begin to make your way if that's you this morning. those that are coming down this morning can I get some elders and some people to help pray this morning I'm going to turn my mic off as I pray this morning
If you want to continue to pray, you're welcome to pray. If you'd like to be dismissed, you're dismissed at this time. We Don't forget about our ice cream social tonight. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday.